for The Drive's Top 5 at 5. Quitting time on your Tuesday, 5 o'clock here on Fan Run Radio. Valentine's Day edition of The Drive continues. Marcus Young as your top five at five. Marcus. Thank you, Russell. You're at welcome. Num- at, num- at number one, we have uh, Derek Carr. Love lost in Vegas as the Las Vegas Raiders have released quarterback Derek Carr before his contract deadline. When the veteran quarterback declined to waive his no-trade clause, and just before his more than $40 million potentially being guaranteed out of his contract, Raiders decided to let him go. It's going to be interesting to see where he might go. 32 years old on March 28th. Uh, Top five possible fits for Derek Carr, according to Sports Illustrated. Number five, the Houston Texans. Go where his brother was before. Number four, the Washington Commanders. So they got some good weapons for him. Number three, the Atlanta Falcons. No. Number what? two, the Indianapolis Coats. No. Number one, the New York Jets. That's per Sports Illustrated. I'm him. I New Orleans is a pretty good spot. That's what I would say. That's not one of the top five, according to Sports Illustrated. I'm sorry. Gilberto Manzano. Come on. He worked hard on this, Marcus. He did. He absolutely did. At number two, some hirings in the NFL as the Indianapolis Colts have hired Philadelphia Eagles uh, offensive coordinator Shane Stetchen. To you're, be st- you're sticking with Stetchen, huh? I'm, yeah, that's what I feel in my heart. I, I really like Stetchen. And the Cardinals have hired Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. As their head coach. How do you know it's not getting on? I thought you were going to go with Jonathan. I thought you were going to try to change that up a little bit. Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan? Jean Gannon. Good hires? Time will tell. Time will tell. Philadelphia went from allowing 26.1 points per game, 20th in the league in 2020, the year before Gannon was hired, to 22.7 uh, last year to 20.2 this season, which was eighth. Mm. So they made steady progress, improved a lot. 78 sacks were third most in the league this year. So it's weird. You know, you go from Kingsbury, super offensive-minded coach, to, to defense. And it seems to be the way it goes, right? You, yeah, typically. You, yeah, but uh, I guess the the coach in, in bringing in – again, I'm going with Steichen uh, – that – you know they they've gone offense a lot. Maybe they need to go back to defense. I mean, worked with Dungey. True. At number three, we have some reports out of college baseball. LSU's pitcher Grant Taylor will miss the season due to a UCL injury. So you have Tommy John. Is that what the UCL is? I believe it is. Yeah, he, so he was actually projected as the number 15th prospect for the upcoming 2023 oh, wow. draft. See their ace? Six foot three sophomore out of uh, Florence, Alabama. Yeah, it's. I, it's our Saturday night what's starter, it? right? Yeah, he's the projected weekend starter for LSU. What's his yeah. name? Uh, Grant Taylor. He's donezo for the year. Yep. Which could bode well for Tennessee. Obviously, them being projected as the winners of the SEC, maybe that leans a little bit more towards us now. I mean, you definitely think that Tennessee, if they didn't already, and I, I think they did, mm-hmm. they if you didn't think they had the best pitching staff in the SEC in college baseball, I, I can't imagine that they can lose a weekend starter and not take a – I mean, that would be a huge hit. I know it would be a huge hit for us. Yeah. At number four, Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin is leaving Georgia to become the new OC with the Baltimore Ravens. Georgia then has promoted an analysis, Mike Bobo, to be Mike their new, Bobo to be their offensive coordinator, resuming his position that he once had at Georgia under Mark Rick. Reassuming the helm. 
Mike Bobo. You didn't think when he took it, was he after Zaire? Or was he later? When did, when did Bobo play? There? He was Bo- after he was after Zaire. Like I late believe. 90s? Yeah, he was 90s. So he was between Zaire and Quincy Carter, maybe? Does that sound right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I, I vaguely remember him playing. I, just, I totally remember him playing. just can't remember. I called I, for him to be harvested, probably. I, yeah, probably. I, I just can't uh, imagine that at the time you would have thought that Mike Bobo would be at Georgia seemingly forever. Sorry, who? Mike Bobo! It never, it never will get old for me. That would, where did that come from? That was Houston's response to somebody wanting to hire him. I think for us, <laughs> it's a name. He was on our list at one point, yeah. wasn't he? For like head coach, yeah. number of coordinator for a head coach. Was that 2017 post botch? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. Uh, whose idea was that? Was it, there was a report, right, that that was one of the names that Curry was considering. Oh, I was yeah. hoping it was a caller. You think it was just a smoke screen? Who the hell knows? I don't like to think about that. Google those that. dark times. John Curry. And Bobo. finally, at number five, uh, if you guys remember, the uh, NFL has been doing something with Nickelodeon with the football games with it where kids can watch, and it's like the slime stuff, everything that goes really? on when they score a touchdown. The NHL is going to be doing something very similar. Uh, the Rangers and the Capitals will be a part of what's called the In Big City Greens Classic on ESPN and Disney Channel. They are teaming up for this to bring fans uh, this classic game that will be animated live. I'm sorry, I, I was looking up Mike Bobo yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I, like what's, animated what's happening live? Now? What the NHL and ESPN with with Disney Channel will be having what they call NHL Big City Greens Classic. And it's going to be the first ever live animated NHL game telecast. And it's going to be the Capitals versus the Rangers. So it's going to be on a slight delay, and they're going to feed the live video into some computer, and it's going to make it into an animation? I'm going to say yes. The quote here is working oh, with— I'm asking you because you oh. brought the story to us. I just sense. thought it was really interesting. Uh, the Capitals and Rangers game <laughs> will feature live, real-time uh, animations of the players and the teams modeled after characters on— a Disney-branded television animated comedy show, Big City Greens. The quote here is, Working with Disney Channel and the NHL, we are producing a telecast that will reach a new and different audience and help to grow hockey fandom even more. That's not going to work. You don't I, mean, I, 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 I don't have a lot of ideas. <laughs> like, I, I hate to be the just tear your, your idea down without anything better to replace it guy, but... I, I don't know. I, I don't think having animated fake hockey on Nickelodeon is uh, – I don't think that's going to grow the game. <laughs> you don't think that if, like, there's a big hit, you hear, like, like a big, like, boink noise or something oh, like man, that? Or... Here, here's the thing about here's the thing about these kids and these sports and growing them, man, and, and I know this because I've got these kids, is, like, our parents, my generation's parents used to worry about us watching too much TV uh-huh. that – our attention spans were going down, so they pumped us full of Ritalin, and like that's had a bunch of obvious bad effects. Uh-huh, yeah. But it's nothing on these kids. It's nothing because they have no attention span. Uh, like a ten-year-old or younger watching a hockey game? Are you kidding me? No, bro, that's not happening. No way. Like they can't pay attention to anything for more than ten seconds. I'm not exaggerating. Like, you I mean, think, much uh, less uh, something that can hardly see what we're going to have two 20 minute long intermissions and you expect them to stay interested for the entire three hour hockey game. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> that, that ship has sailed. There was uh, this reminds me another project that I love hockey and I love the NHL, but they do a lot of weird things. They, I had, like the puck tracker. Remember the puck tracker on Fox <laughs> back in the day? Yeah. The big yellow like glow around the puck. They had a project that they were doing called the Guardian Project with Stan Lee from Marvel. Yeah, it's where they had like created heroes or whatever you want to call them for every Stanley or every uh, NHL team. And apparently, there was even like a lawsuit back in 2017 over like a five hundred thousand dollar lawsuit. Yeah, that's stupid too. 
I like the NHL has done some weird things to try to convince people to be trying, interested. Yeah. You can't like you can't get the kids that young anymore. They're not going to go for live sporting events. Like my son's eight, and he just he can't watch basketball or football games. Like he just doesn't have the attention span, the patience for it. And I was super into it at, at that age, but like you can, like there's still going to be sports. You just have to hope that when they get older and they play the sports that they'll be like, Oh, and like that yeah. they'll get it then. And th- then they'll get into it. But this whole business of like children, children, like under 10 kids under 12, you know, whatever elementary school age and younger watching sports on TV. I just, I don't think that's a thing that's going to happen. So apparently uh, Mike Bobo was uh, smart. That was Kirby's roommate. So they played at the same time. So that would have been what ninety six. So it's it's the new version. George always has this thing where the head coach keeps his roommate on. Remember, it was Rick and Martinez, right? They were roommates. We're at Miami. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess Muschamp played in the late eighties, didn't he? Who was roommates with uh, Will Friend? Pruitt. Pruitt. Yeah, there's that one. Will Enemy. Caller Lloyd dubbed him that. Will Enemy. I mean, is it perfect name? Connor O'Gara is bashing the Mike Bobo hire. Yeah, I found this um, 2017 article from Dennis Dodd, who is on the list. Is just skimming. It's some good stuff. We'll have to go back through this after the show. Dana Dimmel of Kansas State, Brian Harson, Seth Littrell of North Texas, Bobo, and Neil Brown all applied for the Tennessee job in 2017 through their agents. Yeah, I think Dana Dimmel could have saved himself some time there. <laughs> folk, hey, hey, uh, hey, agent. Oh, it's Dana Dimmel. Yes, I'm your client. Yeah, I want to apply for the Tennessee job. Yes, the Tennessee job, the University of Tennessee football job. Volunteers, it's open. What do you mean, who is this? This is Dana Dimmel. I'm your client. Uh, Dana Dimmel? Is he still coaching? Like, I don't even know who that is. I've never heard that name before in my life. I thought you were making it up. Frank Wilson applied for the job. I guess who was he? Well, he he was the head coach at UT San Antonio at the time. Remember, he was the receivers coach here under Kiffin, big Louisiana guy. And apparently, his agent sent some like big PowerPoint presentation, which labeled him quote the best recruiter in college football. He brings something called, quote, the soft edge greatness. In one picture, Steve Kerr is shown hugging Steph Curry alongside Wilson, engaging with a UT San Antonio player. At the top of the page, it says players want to play for these guys. So I, I don't know. Uh, I guess that's he was that's really guess weird, man. Steph, Steph Curry. Um, apparently, one of his big selling points was a player has never been arrested under Frank Wilson. Does have that going for him, which is good. Yeah. Is it? I mean, we are the, we're in the SEC, Russ. You think having players arrested is well, a good I'm thing? Just no, I don't say it's a good thing. You just think it's inevitable? Yes. Yeah. So Mike Bobo applied for the job. I can't. I don't know if if how seriously John Curry. Took that. I don't know how seriously Curry Curry took anything. Like, I, I think he was just kind of doing whatever the Haslam family told him he was doing. I mean, I think that's fair to the Haslam family. It was Jimmy coaching shorts. What's his wife's name? I don't know. The two of them were the are the were the really hands on about it. Got that, that, uh, was, that was who knew Shiano was him. That was an NFL thing. Got Tony Vitello coming up on the show here at the bottom of the hour. If you want to jump in now, uh, a couple minutes here. If you want to chime in on any of the topics du jour here on Fan Run this afternoon, 865-546-8200, your number to get on the show, 546-8200. The Big Orange Phillies phone lines wide open for you. Yes, you, on this beautiful Valentine's Day afternoon noon rick barnes approval rating poll 
It's gone up a little bit since we last since we last looked at this. I don't know. Maybe it stayed the same. Yeah, I think it stayed the same. Still 82%. 66.6% approve. 15.8% strongly approve. 16% disapprove. Now 1.6% of respondents say they strongly disapprove. Strongly disapprove, man. That that that's a hard case to make for me. So, do you want to talk about Rick Barnes, where you're at with Coach this afternoon? You could go ahead and take a shot this afternoon. Also, where do you want the win to come from? If Tennessee can only have one this week, you've got number one Alabama coming into town tomorrow, 7 p.m. tip-off at Thompson Bowling Arena. It's a checker Thompson Bowling game. Brandon Miller, the Tide, number one ranked team of the country, coming to town. And uh, Tennessee, according to the ESPN FBI, with a nearly 70% chance to win the game. Hello, you play to win the game. Or would you rather win at Kentucky, at Rupp, on Saturday? Would you sacrifice the sweep at the hands of a Kentucky team that listen, let's be honest, like that's that's their worst team they've had in a long time up there at Rupp. Would you go ahead and sacrifice a sweep to those guys if it meant you get to take down number one in your building tomorrow night on national television? Yeah, I, I'm leaning that way, man. Be a lot of eyes on this game tomorrow night. There's going to be a lot of eyes on that game Saturday, though. What is, is that a 1 p.m. or? I believe so. I believe so. Huh. I, I would be tempted to go ahead and take the um, the win over Kentucky. Just because I, I feel like a loss tomorrow night's explainable, man. I'll go ahead and twist it even further for you. I'll go to the three. You can take two out of three next weekend and next Tuesday. At College Station. Well, I mean, if, if that's the question, I, I want to win tomorrow and against Kentucky and lose to a Easily. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I think that if you win tomorrow and you turn around and lose to, Rupp, to, to Kentucky at Rupp, I, I feel like all the – I don't say goodwill, but all the good vibes or whatever that winning tomorrow would generate – kind of go out the window uh, and I think people in a way I think it'll make the detractors even more angry it's like how can you be so good and win against the number one team in the country who hasn't lost a game in the SEC and then turn around and lose to a Kentucky team that's terrible that just lost to Georgia how is that possible because our biggest issue all season is consistency we're very inconsistent. So I, I think the more consistent thing to do would be to lose tomorrow. It's like, okay, it sucks, but they are number one. Yeah, but we're not consistent. So tomorrow, that's why I said yesterday, it would be, I said Barnes, and but it's Barnes, Tennessee, period, thing would be for us to go beat Alabama tomorrow night after losing two last second. But, I mean, you're talking about what you think would be the more likely thing to happen. I'm not sure. I don't think that's likely, but uh, I see what you're saying. I I feel like the more consistent thing to do, it just I, – I really do think it would be better for this fan base. Now, l- listen, we can have the conversation about winning them both. You, you win tomorrow, then let's go up there and beat Kentucky and Rupp and, and get this thing rolling. But for the sake of our little – sports radio concocted debate here this afternoon you can only win one i'm going with kentucky i'm going with kentucky and that is by far the minority of the respondents here this afternoon we've got two-thirds of people 67 percent saying uh get the win tomorrow at home against alabama but i'm just telling you if you do that you beat alabama at home tomorrow and you come up to rup on saturday and you lay an egg People are you're going to be back to exactly where you are right now as far as questions being asked about this team, about this coach, and and maybe even more so because you're going to show people under that scenario what you're capable of tomorrow and then to turn around and lose to a not very good Kentucky team is just going to take all the goodwill that a win tomorrow would generate and get uh, 
and get rid of it. <laughs> your number to get on board the drive here on this Valentine's Day edition of the show as we break things down to levels that can only be described as beyond scientific. Six out of its last seven. Six out of its last seven. Top ten takedowns. AP top ten opponents. Six out of the last seven have lost to Tennessee. Five in a row at home, Thompson Bowling Arena against uh, top top ten opponents. Maybe top five. I'll have to go back and find this note in my notes. But uh, Tennessee's record against big-time opponents here under Rick Barnes lately has been stellar. I am a little bit concerned about the fact that uh, we've had two people come in here and, and beat us now this year. Weren't we undefeated at home? for Undefeated last year and through the Kentucky game this year. And now all of a sudden, yeah, that – uh, a little bit of our – Home court mystique. swagger, home court advantage is, is, has faded a little bit. Did not get the feeling that Missouri was intimidated at all by the environment. That is a conversation that continues to get a lot of run around town. It's weird what they've done with the student section down there, moving it to behind both goals. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not ripping it. I, I don't know. I haven't been to a game yet this year, so I, I don't know what effect, if any, that's had on the play out there. Like, it makes sense to me. It's like, first of all, it helps you miss the other team miss free throws. Fans behind the backboard are waving and going crazy and making noise but it also feels like you take a really loud section of the arena and split up and and move half of it to the other side it feels like that could elevate the noise on that side of the arena and make the whole thing louder yeah but then I also see where like it's splitting up the really loud section and now that really loud section isn't quite as loud like is it a net positive net negative I don't know but I I heard some talk about that I figured you'd want to be as loud as it could possibly be around the opposing team's basket in the second half, like over there on that end. Well, then, then you would be a you'd be four with the way it is now. No, be- I want. I don't want them split between the two ends. Well, the way the way it has been in the past. Tennessee always shoots on the goal in front of their own bench in the second half. That's the right. way most coaches yeah. want it. So you've already you've always been behind your own goal in the second half. Huh. This way you're behind both goals. I, I don't know. It, it definitely doesn't sound the same. And I don't know if you can just chalk it up to how they're micing it anymore. Well, I, I just I don't think that it's been – I think that the individual games, the way they go, has a big say in it, right? I mean, what games – you haven't had a ton of big games at Thompson Bowling this year. You had the Texas game, which – A lot of blowouts early. Great atmosphere. You had the Kentucky game, which was supposed to be the big one, and the team laid such an egg, like there was, nothing to, yeah, there was nothing to get into it about. Yeah, for Tennessee. And then uh, you know, in between there, what, you had like Georgia in here. Well, that's not a big game. Auburn was a big game and was sold out and big crowd and loud and Bruce and all that stuff. But the quality of the game by both teams, it was so putrid. It, it was yeah, it was like that. That was a hard one. That was a hard one. And you know, we, we were so stunned by what happened. Saturday against Missouri, we probably didn't spend enough time talking about it. Like it, it did sound like a madhouse in there in the second half when Tennessee was making their run. Like it, it seemed like that was as good as the environment has been at Thompson Bowling Arena all year long. Agree with that. So we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow night. Should be good. The checkerboard in town. You got the number one in town. Um, I think it's important for Tennessee to start fast tomorrow. I don't think you want to like let Alabama throw. I don't think so. I don't think we've said that at all this year. 
I mean, it's general. Yeah, it's good that you want to start faster every game, but that hasn't always been the case with this team. I, I think that you, what you don't want to have is Alabama come out there and throw a haymaker on you, and it's twenty-two to four, and you're you know calling timeout. Yeah, three minutes into the game, like that would be a disaster to me. So I, I think you at least want to. I, I think you want to hold your own, make a couple of shots. You can't be clanging away out there for the first five, ten minutes of the game. And you, something good's got to happen early. You got to make a three. Got to have a big dunk. Something get the crowd into it. Um, you got to hang with them, and and get into the flow of the game. If you fall behind early, like you did against Missouri, I don't think you come back against these guys. They're such a better defensive team than Mizzou. Top twenty Ken Palm, both offense and defense. They're um, uh, there's a reason they're number one, man. They're good. They're good. But Tennessee's good, too. Tennessee's good, too. This should be as stiff a test as Alabama's had in a long time. You know, I, I don't have their whole schedule in front of me. I know they've been tested. They've gone into some difficult environments at times. But this should be as stiff a test as they have faced in quite some time. Probably, you know. Since that, Houston? Well, Oklahoma was – Obviously beat them, but I, I just don't think they were ready for that game. Yeah, it was early. It, that was the first one of the day too. It was like twelve o'clock tip in Norman. So I mean, they did beat North Carolina. North Carolina's garbage right now. Yeah, one at Arkansas game. back when they were still struggling. At Mississippi State, lost to Gonzaga. Yeah, I think that uh, Tennessee should be able to give them as good a game as anybody's given them. I'll say that. Should be a fun one. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. When we continue, Tony Vitello joins the festivities. We'll talk Tennessee baseball with the Vols head baseball coach. Stay with us. It is The Drive on Fan Run Radio. We're back with more right after this. Back here on The Drive, it's Fan Run Radio. Russell Bear and Marcus cruising with you. Valentine's Day edition of the show. Working on uh, connecting with Tony Vitello over at UT Baseball Practice. They are wrapping up practice, I'm told. And uh, hopefully we will be able to connect with him here in just a minute. In the meantime, you want to jump on board, 865-546-8200, your number to get on the show on this beautiful Valentine's Day afternoon edition of the program. We are breaking it down to levels beyond scientific this afternoon, getting ready for a big Tennessee basketball game against number one Alabama tomorrow night at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena 7 p.m. start there and uh, Tennessee baseball getting set for its season opener this weekend. Uh, they are going on the plane tomorrow towards Arizona for a three-game season opening series. Arizona will be Friday night, 8 p.m. first pitch. You can watch that game on the Major League Baseball Network. They'll also play against Grand Canyon Saturday night at 8 p.m. in Phoenix, I believe at Grand Canyon's home ballpark, so that'll be basically a road game for them. And then uh, Sunday, they'll wrap it up, 2 p.m. first pitch against UC San Diego at Sloan Park in Mesa, Arizona. We've got Coach Vitello on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines right now. Good afternoon, Coach. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good timing. We just wrapped up a really our final team meeting because tomorrow will be departure day for us and once we get to our destination or we get close to game day we don't try and do too much excellent excellent so all the haze in the barn you ready to get this thing rolling 
Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> most of the hay is in the barn, but it's opening day, so you're always going to wish you had a couple more days to prepare. But it'll be refreshing just to get there and play. And this group, more than I feel like more than any group since we've been here, just needs to play and see who we really are. Um, we're still working towards our team image with this particular group. I think there's some constants that will always be a part of our culture, um, but it is a new group. And then there's a lot of expectations and I think our guys can achieve a lot, but uh, I don't know that we're an Omaha caliber team or an SEC championship team at this point. Good thing is we got some time. Have you ever been a part of a team like this where it it feels like all your pitching is, is back, basically? Uh, I know you've lost a, a couple of guys. All your starters are back, but all of your hitting from last year has to be replaced just about. Yeah, and I, unfortunately, I've I've racked up some years coaching now. And I've kind of had it both ways. And uh, normally the the draft is kind of the determinant there. You wish you could pick, let's say you lose four signees. Well, you'd probably rather there be two pitchers and two hitters. Um, but it never works out that cleanly with who you lose, either coming in or going out. And last year, you know, some of those guys uh, came in with low expectations as position players and exceeded those expectations greatly. So, um, it was good that they had success, but it meant they were out the door. So <clears throat> there's going to be eight new bodies in the field behind Chase Dolander on Friday. Is it going to be Dolander, Burns, and Beam, the the starters this weekend? <clears throat> yeah, I, be- I believe so. And, um, you know, Dolander for sure will throw uh, Friday. And, you know, we'll have our final meeting and we'll tap those guys on the shoulder uh, and-, and let them know for sure. But I, I do know Friday that uh, Chase bullpen today, and-, and that way he's prepared for Friday. Tony Vitello with us this afternoon on your Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Tony, we got a lot of great questions from the audience this afternoon. But first, I, I this came across my desk earlier. I have to ask, what is this about you and Coach Q doing a yoga class with a <laughs> bunch of women at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods this past weekend? Well, Dick's Sporting Goods is pretty good to UT Athletics. So uh-huh. there's a relationship there. And um, I think originally we were going to have – uh, a different style of workout class, but there was a yoga instructor from D1 Athletics. Uh, those fo- folks do a great job. So we were more there uh, just to kind of answer questions and throw out some of the things that our guys do. It was also the end of a long day. So while we were uh, invited to, to join in the yoga session, we kind of hung out in the background and met some folks that weren't participating while the group uh, really all ranges of people and ages uh, were involved, and it was good to see them exercising. There was a beautiful sunset because if you haven't been to Dick's, they've got that huge outside area. Yeah. Um, and then we concluded with some picks and, you know, got to meet some people. And, you know, it's the same thing everywhere we go. I mean, there's new baseball fans. There's loyal UT fans. Um, and then there's just good people that uh, they either run into our guys and, and want to support the cause or, uh, you know, they've become fans one way or another of the program. So, it's nice that we continue to make progress in that area. So it wasn't you and Coach Q out there in your yoga pants and muscle shirts. And <laughs> that could have been that could have been like a Beatlemania scene. Uh, you guys trying to yeah. get out of there, Coach? Yeah, no. Q is probably going to steer more in the direction of lifting, throwing around pretty good sized weights. And what our guys do do yoga. So while I do jump in either with our team sessions or going on my own, I, I think it's got a lot of benefits. Uh, I would I would try and do that a little more discreetly than out in the open like that. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> it's uh, it's great for the core, coach. Uh, all about the core. You, you and me in your mid forties, you get that lower back thing going on. You got to get that core working, coach. No, no doubt. And uh, man, it's cr- I read a really good book, and I hate to go on a tangent, but breathing too is just so good for our guys because that's if you watch a baseball game, most guys take a deep breath yeah. before they step in the box or before they pitch. And uh, yoga is something that makes you slow down and breathe a little bit. So I think our guys like it, and they get some benefits from it. All right, uh, questions from the audience. Marcus wants to know, will the pink daddy hat be retired this year, or is it back? I I don't know. I think uh, it's like a movie trailer. I can only, (laughs) you know, kind of tease you a little bit. I I sincerely don't know. Um, That stuff is up to them. Really? I, I know nowadays everyone's got their own second base celebration. Um, and everything else, every program. I do know 
they uh, they made a new rule where you cannot bring props outside of the dugout when someone hits a home run. Um, so the people on the third base or left field line could see into our dugout, and of course people watching on TV will be able to see. Um, but if you're sitting over our dugout, whatever our guys are going to put on that first home field home run, I don't know what it is. I hope it's uh, PG-13 at least. Whatever. <laughs> the uh, the fun police have struck again in college baseball. Can we call that the Drew Gilbert rule? No props out on the field? Yeah, I mean, I think it's basically the coat rule. And uh, there was a guy who came to work our Super Regional. I think he was sent on special assignment. And uh, he was pretty adamant about that. And I can't remember if it was the regional or the super regional, but the umpire basically took the coat away, which is was not a rule last they year. They took but the coat away. I, I love pretty, you know. Yeah, I, I love the, uh, the NCAA coach. Like, no, you can't have a full time assistant. The players can't be on scholarship, but we have money to send a guy, and his only <laughs> job is to make sure that fur coat doesn't get out on the field. He's just sitting there in the stands with his binoculars, just waiting. That that was your voice saying all those uh, <laughs> quotes. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, there's a lot of things to debate with our sport or any other sport in college athletics. But there always seems to be rule changes, and I, I think as a fan, uh, for those that are listening in that are kind of looking forward to the season, again, one thing you can look if you're watching a game is they really want to speed up the game. So there's going to be some strange things I think that happen at the very least the first month when these umpires are trying to enforce, you know, all these new rules. Yeah. Kind of along those lines, what are your thoughts on the 10 run mercy rule set to go in, in effect in league games? We've seen this in the sec tournament where you get run ruled a couple of times. Um, and now I guess we're going to see it regular season two. You're up by 10 after the seventh and the game's over. Yeah, I know the um, the tournament rule makes sense because, you know, you got a chance to maybe play six games and they're trying to keep, you know, play four games in one day. You're trying to keep everything on schedule. Um, now for a regular season game or conference game, I don't know that it makes much sense. Um, I was accused of voting for it. I certainly don't remember doing that. Um, but if the visiting team comes here and wants to abide by that rule, they can. Um, we've kind of let it be known we're not in favor of that no matter where we go, whether we're on the road or at home. Um, but the road team gets to dictate. So it's supposed to be understood that the home team is wants to do that, uh, even though we don't. Sorry to confuse you. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm sitting but, here. I, I am confused. So if, uh, if a team comes in to Lindsey Nelson – and what you and the opposing coach get together before the series and decide this is we're going to be going by this rule or not? Yes. So, for instance, Alabama A and M will open on a Tuesday with them. They've already mentioned they would like to play with the ten run rule. Uh, so we'll do that. And he, Elliot's a great dude. He's actually a I don't know if I can say he he really respects Tennessee. Let's put it that way. Um, really good guy, but you know he he doesn't know that he's got enough pitching to do that deal. Um, so because they want to do that we'll have a 10-run rule on opening day. If they did not want to do it, we don't want to either, so we would have played without the 10-run rule. So we're not going to see one of those series like, was it Iona last year? Where I mean, you guys were just – you talk about a baby seal clubbing, Tony. Right. That was brutal. No, it, it got a little ugly, and I, I don't know what how they would voice their opinion on it. My read on that is, you know, losing 10-2, to 3-2, to 18-2, it stinks regardless. Yeah. But – you know, you come from the Northeast, and, uh, you know, you've probably been locked inside for a while, and you get to play on a field. If I'm a ball player, I'd like to play as long as I can. Um, and, and then for us, we don't have a minor league team, and so that's our opportunity when Trey Lipscomb is a freshman mm. to get him at bats. So maybe Trey Lipscomb turns into an SEC Player of the Year type guy. Um, so, you know, again, something to debate, something to look out for. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any magic answers for what are the best exact rules, but that's, that's one they put in for a variety of reasons, but they're always trying to cut down on TV time on these games. What about the, I saw where the major league is sticking with their new extra inning rules where you start out with a runner on second and all that. Would you like to see that come to the college game? No, I wouldn't. Um, but I think they're playing three times as many games. Um, so you know, I, I think 
the the old iron horse days of those guys it's a different style game there's a lot of big salary contracts out there to have those guys play 18 innings and then get on a flight and stuff like that it, it's kind of hard to argue yeah. in, in in pro sports it's it's all about the playoffs um so if anything i'd like to see them put one more pitcher on the major league roster or do some things with the roster so they're more able to do those extra inning games but you know the pro guys would be able to answer better i think for our level um i, I always am in favor of just straight up baseball and extra innings Jeff wants to know who uh, your closer is going to be this year. Yeah, um, I don't, <laughs> so I don't do you. know that we have. I, 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 yeah, if Jeff could come watch his practice, I could use <laughs> use his advice. But I, I think Andrew Lindsay is a guy who very well could be a starter for us, um, which speaks to his you know what we think of him at this point. Uh, so I could see him on Friday if we have the lead being out there late. Um, you know, Camden Sewell has that ability, and he's done it before. Um, Seth Halverson is a guy who's like Andrew Lindsay has been a starting pitcher and is a starting pitcher candidate for us, which means he's got good stuff. He's well-rounded. He doesn't get rattled. So it's going to be interesting. We'll use a variety of guys. I'd say if I needed three outs or we needed three outs right now and Andrew Lindsay hadn't been in the game yet, we would probably put him out there. All right. And uh, we have a, a special Valentine's day themed edition of jam or not a jam for you coming up here but uh, we do have uh, one more uh, speaking of valentine's day questions here smooth willie coach wants to know he says he's going on a first date tonight with a young lady he met at the gym congratulations willie uh any any advice on how to win her affections (laughs) well if i had his contact info i could send him uh the italian cupid's uh 11 points of advice that our players received for valentine's day um Embedded really? in those were some subtle hints to make sure they pack their bag and also get to bed. We got a long day tomorrow, but a lot of our guys have dinner dates. Um, I definitely know this. You should open uh, doors, whether they're car doors um, uh, or, or doors in an entryway uh, for the young lady you for sure. Um, but but I don't know, other, other than kind of like Andy Reid told his players before the Super Bowl, be yourself. Uh, I think some of our guys, when they're trying to impress scouts, uh, they think, you know, they can trick them. You know, I'm going to be Superman. Well, you don't want to trick them because if you're somebody else, you know, and and they sign you a few days down the road, they're going to realize they made a mistake and it's not going to work out anyway. So exciting to go on a first date, but if it's going to work in the long run, it's best that you be yourself and be authentic. And if it's uh, meant to work out for a second date, it will. If not, I guess on to whoever's at the uh, bench press station or, or whatever part of the workout area next <laughs> i think everybody's making notes here i'm telling you to pack your bags hold open doors okay all right we got yeah I, I threw in yeah i got three older sisters so i think i had some good advice mixed in there but the point of the handout was to make sure they realized we got a pretty hectic wednesday yeah you gonna be uh three or four days on the road with you, you leave something in knoxville you're just gonna have to do without for a couple days all right, Coach, uh, jam or not a jam, we got a special Valentine's Day edition of it. Are you ready? Bring it on. All right, Bear, hit it. What is love? <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. All right, all right be honest, Coach. Are, are you doing the head bob right now, wherever you are? <laughs> I'm not, but only because I'm holding the phone up to my ear. <laughs> but but uh, <clears throat> I was going to say you're not human if you're not doing the head bob and uh, we're on the same page there. So we'll forever be a jam. We'll forever be a jam. I don't even know who who uh, created that song, but it will be. No doubt. That is uh, Hadaway. And I only know that because yeah. Marcus and I were watching the video earlier before the Hadaway's the name of the today. band? Hadaway. I, wow. I, I think it's I just a that. guy. I think it's just the guy. It's like Madonna. His name's Hadaway. Hadaway. Yeah. I mean, it's a jam. Jam for sure all the way around. All right. What's next? Cindy Lauper, back in the day. Yeah. A little different vibe there, Coach. What do you think? It, it really is, but it goes with the theme you guys were shooting for. And again, growing up with three older sisters, you can only imagine how many times I heard that song. So I'll qualify it as a jam and probably get some knives thrown at me for that. Ah. 
I, I have to stand by it because we had this conversation on the show. She's up for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And yeah. I said, I said that is definitely a jam. So I will certainly stand by that today. I think Bear might dissent. I, I, I can't jam it. Although, as somebody who had an older an older sister who uh, dominated the music that was played in cars around the house, I feel your pain. Yeah. But I, I've heard that song eight gazillion times. I'm a few years older than you and Russ, so that was right around high school. And I mean, they played that thing to death. I can't uh-huh. jam it, so you, guys. Now, no one broke your heart to that song or anything, no, did they? Huh, no. Uh, okay. I just, what was I her name, Bear? What was her name? <laughs> Put her on blast. It's Valentine's. <laughs> no. All right. He's, he's not playing along. Let's just uh, play the next tune then. Celine Dion. Yeah, she's got some pipes. I'm just amazed at how many people have spent hours debating the door theory, whether Jack or Leo could have fit on he the door. He could have fit on that door, Coach. Come on, bro. It's <laughs> a movie. There was plenty of room on that door, buddy. Well, plenty we of room. Well, get rid of the guy somehow by the end of the thing, so that was just, just as good a time as any. How about holding the doors? Uh, how about making a little move on uh, room on the door there, sweetheart? And we don't have to you have to leave your boyfriend yeah. in the North Atlantic in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just point out, Coach DiCaprio was asked about that not long ago on one of his press tours, and he said no comment. So he's uh, the the art wow. speaks for itself. Yeah. He's not going to interject. Okay. Yeah, I think if you're older than 19 years old, he's not going to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> evidently that's true <laughs> did we even jam or not a jam that one Celine? well it's i i think it's a ballad but i mean i don't know how you can jam that song nah, it's not a jam i mean it's you can listen to it but you yeah. can't jam it no. she's a world-class vocalist guys that would be good walk-up music for somebody Just yeah when, well sometimes you get a freshman that says i don't know what song so pick for me and then next thing you know, it's a <laughs> scene, uh, you know, lion thing or something like that. That happens inev- inevitably once a year. <laughs> All right, wait, one more, two more. We got two more. Right. Go quick. Little boy band action for us. Yep, definitely. And. Stick with the word jam. That's definitely not my jam. I understand that it's some people's thing, but uh, not not a jam for me. Not my jam. I'm there with you, Coach. It makes me think of that show. Uh, my wife was really into it. The Jessica Simpson, Nick Lachey show back on MTV <laughs> back in the day. Like not that, that, was his, that was his band, right? Nick Lachey was in that group. I don't know. Maybe not. But uh, not my cup of tea either. Bear, I know that's all. That's got you written all over. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. No, that's 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 not a jam. That's 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 terrible. It does remind me. It's in uh, what was it's in like a Ryan Reynolds movie. It's hilarious. I always laugh when I hear it. Yeah, it's in a couple of different movies, and it's just funny how they use it. All right, Slick Willie can play it on his date though tonight, and uh, maybe yeah, home Smooth home. Willie. Willie. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's gonna be just fine. I don't, I think if anything, he needs to not take love advice from me. Yeah. <laughs> all right, last one. What do you got, Bear? Oh, <laughs> I already com- know what's coming here. It wouldn't be complete without the man himself, Michael Bolton. Coach, we know you really, celebrate his entire catalog. Yeah, that's not, I knew that quote was coming. And uh, while I will watch Office Space as many times over and over again as anybody would ever want to, uh, I don't abide by that line in there. I don't celebrate the whole catalog. Pretty good mix of short to long hair out of that guy. That's probably the most extreme version of that uh, anyone has ever had. Jordan Beck had nothing on Michael Bolton. (laughs) No, no, not at all. Uh, He could hit it far, but not at all. But I'm I'm not going to jam that particular Michael Bolton song. There's a few in there that are okay, but not that one. Agreed. Hot garbage. (laughs) I hate that song. (laughs) 
Well, Coach, uh, always appreciate catching up with you. Uh, you guys are headed out tomorrow, and good luck. Bring home a couple of W's from Arizona. Yeah, we'll work hard to do so. Enjoyed being on with you guys. Makes me feel like the season is here, and uh, I always like those questions people fire in. So looking forward to next time. All right, we'll do it again soon. Thanks, Coach. Okay, y'all take care. Tony Vitello has left the premises, ladies and gentlemen. That's some good stuff. That was good. I think uh, Smooth Willie will be packing his bags tonight. I hope so. And getting to bed on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slot says no chance. He's, he's out on Smooth Willie. No. He ain't, I'm starting he, ain't to think, no, he ain't getting no play from the ladies tonight. I'm starting to think that maybe Slots hates love. What if he's going out with, like, one of those, like, you know, new age, um, like, girl power chicks, and he opens the door, and she's like, <gasps> Toxic masculinity. I can I can do that myself. He's like, what? What? Tony Vitello told me to do it. You think you, you might have? You might have gotten some bad advice. It just sure. it depends on the lady. I, I think is a, an interesting point to all that as well. I'll argue Tony's never wrong. I feel like when it comes to the ladies, I'm going to believe anything he tells me to do. Okay. All right, Marcus. Have you seen Vol's Twitter? Yeah. Lady, <laughs> the ladies' Vol's Twitter. All right, well, on that note, Mark is making it weird. We're just about just about out of time. Oh, okay. Good show today, gentlemen. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Get ready for Tennessee and Alabama down at the arena. Voluntary reaction. Going to be a late night for the drive crew uh, tomorrow as we work pre and post game, but it's a labor of love. So we'll do that for you overtime guys are here uh, they'll take you through the 8 p.m hour tonight here on fan run so stay tuned for those guys and uh yeah we'll we'll uh, wrap it on up tomorrow all right thank you bear thank you marcus thank you ben slotnick another day another dollar another stellar edition of the drive in the books overtime coming up next from six until eight we'll do it again tomorrow right here on fan run radio